0: Hello everyone and um, welcome to now the December Christmas edition of um, Just Move In's Residential Expert discussion with um, former Chief Executive of Property Mart and Just Move In Ambassador Mark Hayward. How are you Mark?
1: Um, Relatively warm at the moment but it's extraordinarily cold outside so I'm in, I'm in a very small room trying to keep warm whilst I watch my smart meter tell me how much money I'm paying for my energy on a sort of hourly basis which is quite horrific but there we go
0: <laughs> yeah it's difficult isn't it have you, have you got snow on the ground at the moment
1: um i have we've got a couple of two or three inches of snow and it's about it's not it's not thawing at the moment but
0: no i think it's going to be freezing for a while it is it is and um yeah so maybe we need to talk about the um the economic climate and the climate in the in the property sector um and let's um let's kick things off with just turning the clock back a little a little bit um the autumn statement was obviously a few weeks ago now but it but we haven't talked since um just really wanted to get your um your thoughts on on the autumn statements i mean do you think it did enough generally um was there enough in there for the housing sector do you think
1: um i think in a general way it was uh a good stabilizer um which we needed after the Trust's budget, uh, which is subsequently by the then Chancellor, we've been told actually that was too severe, but you know, it's too late. Um, There wasn't, I don't think, anything in there, particularly for the housing sector. Uh, It was there mainly, I think, to uh, reassure and calm the financial markets, um, which it seems to have done. Um, We'll we'll now see whether the, the new Prime Minister and the new Chancellor can actually make things happen because it appears that anything controversial going through parliament at the moment is having a tough time with uh, rebel MPs um, trying to put a spoke in the wheel at every opportunity.
0: Yes, it's it's strange, isn't it? Because you'd think that a government with a majority of around 80 would would be able to get stuff done, but we we just seem in such strange times at the moment that it's it's awful, isn't it, really? That nothing can happen. No, well, it is. It's, uh, it's
1: frustrating. Um, normally, the Secretary of State for who is now Secretary of State for Leveling Up, uh, Mister Gove, would would drive things through, but he's having great difficulty. We know his uh, the target for new homes, uh, mm. which he put in there. and We've talked about it before. Which has always been the aspiration to build three hundred thousand new homes by countless Prime Ministers. He's now abandoned. Mm. Uh, and, and we know that uh other things we have we you know the, on the renters reform bill it's still you know it was going to be this parliamentary term um, it's almost now becoming before the next election but we know they're going to be they're going to be you know come January the let you know they'll be saying the next election will be in under two years so yeah. you know are they going to start preparing for that and normally you want some good news if you're going to prepare for that if you're uh, the current standing government, so we should, we'll have to wait and see um, for the new
0: year. I mean, with, with Renters' Reform Bill specifically, I, I don't see how it's politically possible for them to to delay it. Surely they're going to need to try and, uh, and get some of this through before the next election, because, I mean... Uh, there are a lot of things in the Renters Reform Bill which, which seem quite political, anyway. Like the, the abolition of Section Twenty One, they they need to get through that. They need to get that through to to rally support from tenants. Um, it's difficult to know where the government's going to find votes from at the moment, especially if they, you know, they they pause the Renters Reform Bill as well.
1: Well, we know the Renters Reform Bill, or the Renters Reform White Paper, um, is probably nearly three years old. Mm. Uh, in its sort of um, conception and birth, uh, if you can call it that. Uh, I, I think they, I think they will get it through. Um, when we don't know, but also because of the uh, political mayhem and instability this year, with changes of prime ministers, changes of ministers generally, um, you know, someone has got to take that baton and continue to run with it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, just re- just referring back now to the, the housing targets being, I mean, they haven't abandoned them completely, have they? It's more of a watering down. Um, but they're saying that the targets are now a, a starting point, rather, you know, so they're kind of advisory rather than mandatory. Um, and there's nothing in there, no targets for affordable or, or social homes either. Um I mean it's going to make it pretty difficult to achieve targets if they're not even really targets. i mean it, I, I just wanted you to explore this a little bit more i mean what 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 do you, what do you make of it all
1: well it's it, it's very difficult to put into reality um a target which is about building new homes uh, in an area where people want new homes. Normally you, can, you know you can build new homes, <coughs> but they're not going to be in an area that people are going to want to live. Whether it's for employment or whether it's just not desirable, um, we know that in the current planning system, it takes at least two years from a planning application going in for a major development until you know a, a sod is turned, and it takes another six months after that for the first house to be completed. So we are we are talking when we're looking at the shortfall in housing of quite a time lag, even if they were able to implement um the targets in in a meaningful way of well 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 down you know down the line we're beyond 2025 now <coughs> and we know of course they've got issues with the carbon <coughs> and energy efficiency which they've got to factor in um heat pumps etc so i think it is it's a great aspiration to build more houses we all support that um even those who live in areas where houses are springing up you know, hmm. apparently everywhere, um, but how you actually get that in a cohesive factor, um, unless you've got the support of all your MPs, <coughs> excuse me, and local authorities, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, you, you, people just, <coughs> the public just end up wondering whether there's actually the political will to do this, or whether they're just paying lip service to it, because the majority of MPs do own houses already, they're not renting, some of them are landlords. Um, i just you just kind of wonder how how serious they are about it and developers as well you, you've mentioned this before that you know developers um obviously want to build houses but they don't want to build too many because it will reduce the the, the cost of the things that they're building so <laughs> Sorry. it's really difficult to know um you know what what, what the solution actually is and whether whether a labor government would make make any difference i mean i, I guess that more um more Labour supporters rent perhaps, so it might be um, more politically expedient for, for Labour to have higher targets, I, I don't know, what do you think?
1: <laughs> well I know having sat on a number of committees, sorry someone's just bringing me a glass of water, a kind, <laughs> um, that um, certainly looking at the rental sector, um, sitting in front of a select committee, um, those MPs that are uh questioning stroke interrogating all have to declare their assets <coughs> and the majority own more than one house hmm. Hmm. and have a, a small rental portfolio so
0: uh You've I the yet- chancellor and the housing minister as
1: well about solutions today rather than problems. You I think you accused me of being depressing last time. Um oh,
0: I wouldn't have to do that Mark <laughs>
1: We do need I do, we do need to find a solution because this is not just happening now. Um it's been growing and growing and growing. Um we've seen that the, the the PRS is now shrinking for the probably the first time in twelve years or fourteen years. Um we know that landlords are not only feeling sort of penalised, but they're almost being looked upon as criminals, so that doesn't attract would-be landlords to actually enter the sector. We know that because of you know rising interest rates, uh, those that were going to become buy-to-let landlords will probably think again. Those who've got portfolios that are highly leveraged um, will be looking at um, exiting the market. So there's there's a whole range of not just indicators, but factors that affect um, the market. That it's difficult to see a way through uh, when it is a private market.
0: Yeah, I mean, you say that um, we want to look today at um, solutions rather than problems. I'm just wondering whether you know one of the solution potential solutions out there um, is maybe the government. Perhaps could focus on uh, renovating dilapidated homes um, to create more housing. That I guess that would be one option. Um, obviously, it, it, there's a big carbon footprint involved in building new homes. So it might be more environment, environmentally friendly to, to renovate what we have. Although, again, you know, it's not, it's not cheap. Um, so that's one possible option. Um, the other option, of course, is that we have a lot of um, long-term unoccupied properties. That could provide a lot of homes. Um, I just wanted to know what your, you know, your thoughts on that.
1: Well, we know that there are a quarter of a million empty properties um, in England and Wales, uh, and they'll be empty for a variety of reasons. Uh, but they are, they are homes. They're not wrecks. They are homes, so they could be. Um, uh, they could. Those that own those homes could be encouraged. Um, to open them up. Um, it will, you know, as you just said, there is a cost to all of this. Um, we know that some of the empty properties were just acquired um, for those seeking capital growth. So they weren't looking for rental income. So they will just hold that new, new build, normally do nothing with it. And then um, sell it at the time when the, the values uh, get better. Um it is we do need to look at alternatives, <coughs> we know there's a presumption to change of use for offices to homes. <coughs> sorry, you' have to excuse me, I'm in a cold, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's, that, that's okay I mean um I, I guess one of the options that's been put forward is um by by the left is that they could um. You know, the government might requisition homes um, and put them up, for, put them up for sale, or use them for social housing. But that's getting into very controversial political territory. Uh, I think that Jeremy Corbyn's supporters might have wanted this when he was um, running for prime minister a couple of years ago. But it's uh, it's difficult to see that happen now. I imagine that really the government could just look at increasing taxes or fa- other kind of financial penalties on long term unoccupied properties increasing council tax and things like that
1: we know that um certainly in the west country they're now looking at proposals to not not only charge uh, full council tax for second homes but actually to double it um will that have any effect i don't know because i suppose the argument was well if they've got a second home they're probably affluent enough to pay for it to be uh, maintained and correct there or if a property is empty for more than eight weeks of the year then something should be done um mm. Mm. but is it <coughs> of course it's it's not going to be popular so it would be a brave government uh, that did that um, yeah. whether that the intention is to hand over uh, more powers which i think it is to local authorities um whether they'll be able to do something we know on the social side that they're just not built that they can't build Enough properties. We've talked in the past about lack of resource, um, lack of money, um, and particularly at the moment, um, money is in everybody's um, on everybody's horizon because of the cost of living. Uh, But it it does need, and I've talked about this before, whether you have a national building company or almost a Mm -hmm. national property company. Um, that builds, owns, acquires uh, properties, and enabling those that are either in need to buy or rent them. Um, And we know that first-time buyer numbers are dropping for very obvious reasons. Um, So they're having to rent. That's part of the reason why there's such pressure on the PRS, private rented sector, is that more and more people are unable to buy. So they're having to rent and then they're caught in this sort of rental trap where the rents are rising at, what, about 11% at the moment this year, um, where you you just, you know, you're in a trap. You can't save your way out to buy anything. Um, yeah. And are, are we going to be looking at, you know, a nation of 50-, 60-year-old renters, yeah. which we haven't had before, which which is, and again, if they're if they forced to stay in renting, that puts a big pressure on the available supply.
0: I mean, there are those who think that a, a housing crash might actually be a good thing if it happens, because it would make housing more um, more affordable. I'm not sure that we'd like to see that. Um, but um, if, if prices did come down, and I, I'm just thinking as well if there's less capital, less opportunity for capital growth, then some of these long-term unoccupied properties might actually start coming back to coming back to market. Because at the moment, I imagine a lot of people that own them just see them as like a long-term savings account. You know, don't do anything with them they, the property just sits there and goes up five ten percent a year whereas that you know that their isa or their um you know their funds or whatever or their savings accounts are going up by one percent if they're lucky yeah um so maybe economic forces will rebalance somehow <laughs> favorably i don't know
1: i don't know i mean we don't nobody wants a housing crash because then you're going to have uh those stuck in negative ne- negative equity um, we're going to get uh, repossessions. So I don't think that's something mm. uh, that people could really countenance. I don't think we're going to go to the way we've done uh, in the past, but there's always that, oh, well, it balances the market up because it's easier to move because the gap between one house price and the next decreases on a percentage uh, basis. Um, then you've got to look at, if if that is on the cards, how lenders will start to view mortgages. And we know they're already uh, building in some quite hefty um, safety nets. In other words, you know, you'll be stress tested if you take out a loan, well, well, well above um, current interest rates or current projected interest rates. And we don't know where interest rates are going. We've got anything from the uh, capital economics talking about 5% will be the, the top others are thinking higher. Um, but we're in that sort of uh, almost not fog, um, but the unknown yeah. uh, might happen, and you know people don't like uncertainty. Uh, and the market, property market, is all about confidence.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking about un- un- uncertainties or murky waters. Um, I wanted to talk now quickly about the uh, decent home standard. Um, and as we know that there was an element of the decent home standard and the rents reform bill. Um, and there was a we published a blog on the, on this subject last week so if you haven't read that already please visit the just media website and, and give it a read. Um, but the reason why this is in the news of course is the the, the horrible news about the death of um, the toddler um our up in the in the Rochdale area because um, he, he inhaled mold spores. Um, obviously this happens in 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 social housing but there's definitely there's going to be knock-on effects for the, the private rented sector as well don't you think
1: uh, definitely and um, I know from experience that there are rental properties that are badly maintained um, you know mold has been prevalent in some we've got an aging housing stock uh, in any events um, tenants mm. um, do little to improve the house that they're living in, um, apart from they're they're creating moisture in some houses. But I think it it has really focused in in, in an appalling way um, us to look at the quality of stock um, that we have. And we've talked before about our ageing stock of houses. We've talked about um, when the new regulations for thermal efficiency come in, um, to affect whether or not landlords will be able to afford to convert those properties or whether they you know whether it's even possible to get those properties um, up up to the right level. but yeah. I, I suppose the yeah. other question is who is actually going to monitor this? Who's going to um, state that that is an unsafe property? How are they going to find that out? Um, who's going to say what is what is good and what is bad, and what are the penalties?
0: Yeah, because I think the white paper talks about, you know, the terms mentioned, things like properties must be safe, they must be comfortable, they must have a, a reasonable degree of thermal comfort, um, they have to be modern and in a good state of repair. But, yeah, as you say, it's very murky because all, all these things are subjective. Um, yep. And as you say, how, how are they going to police it? Are they going to be random checks or compulsory checks? Are there, is there going to be an army of, of people employed by councils going around looking at looking at every rented property i mean that's impossible isn't it to look at every private rented property um yeah it's 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 it's. there are problems with this aren't there
1: oh ab- absolutely but i mean at the moment we don't know there is no register as yet although that's proposed as we know there's no register um of landlords uh, no register of tenants either um and that could be quite interesting so as soon you've got a hold of the number of properties and the location of these properties uh, is one thing. How are how you going to enforce it? It will all cost money if you're going to use people. Mm. Uh, and we know local authorities are already um, fully stretched. We're already aware that services are being cut. And, um, you just have to look around at the moment the number of strikes uh, going on that uh, every sector uh, mm. is wanting more money. But I don't think that should uh divert uh the government from focusing on the standard of homes uh, and enforcing it. But how that's done, uh, we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, I think I think most people are in agreement, aren't they, that a the decent home standard in, in in some form is is required, particularly right. when you've got, you know, I mean, 10% of private rented sector homes have got mould issues similar to the one that claimed the life of the poor toddler. Um, and 20% are in poor condition. And we know as well that landlords have already got to improve the, um, the the grades on their EPCs the rating on their EPCs um, but I guess the, the big question for landlords is that they're not immune to the cost of living crisis where, where are they going to find the money to make these in, improvements it's it's tricky isn't it I mean it, again I mean there's who would be a landlord at the moment
1: I don't know I mean and when you you know you quoted two percentages. Uh, um, but actually, 10% of leasehold lease property RS is 400,000, 20% is nearly a million homes. Now, that mm-hmm. is a huge mountain um, to climb, a huge amount of property that have got to be brought up and into the right, correct state. So, aspirationally, mm-hmm. again, uh, as I said earlier, we need to find solutions, but it's, it, it is
0: difficult yeah and you said as well that the majority of landlords just have one property or a lot a significant amount of landlords just have one property they're not made of money um and there were some slightly worrying statistics came in this week that one in five landlords is now looking to downsize the the size of their portfolio um one in five apparently have said that more that have had a mortgage deal fall through um one in four and this is a very worrying one related to what we were just saying one in four say the economy is going to curtail their maintenance and development programs not good um and the bottom line here three and five are preparing to increase rents because of the the pressures that they're under and of course we know that tenants aren't exactly flushed at the moment so uh it's a tricky situation
1: Uh, yeah absolutely and because of all these rents will continue to rise not only because of what you've said in terms of the landlord needing to get an increasing amount of money to maintain the property but because the rental sector is now shrinking because mm-hmm. those we said before cannot buy there's going to be more and more pressure um, on tenants to pay more and more money just to secure a property yeah which I- ultimately, if we're in, a, in an economically unstable environment, it's going to,
0: you know, it's going to be painful. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, I mean, we've, we've been talking now for, for, for 20 or 20, 20, 25 minutes, something like that. Um, I wanted to round off because this is the last one of the year, of course. Um, I just wanted really to get your thoughts on the year overall you know what's what surprised you um what things have disappointed you what things give you hope how how would you how would would you sum up this year it's been quite turbulent hasn't it in many ways
1: certainly has and i don't think anybody um who was asked to predict this year uh this time last year would have got it right uh in fact they've got it completely wrong we mustn't mustn't forget that this time last year we were just coming out of the pandemic Mm. we're on the last little bit so I think there was a feeling this year that, you know, of relief, we're out of that. Um, But we've had this political instability, three prime ministers this year. Um, How many housing ministers I lose track of uh, Mm -hmm. and chancellors. We've got interest rates at a level that we didn't appreciate. Um, Where it's going to go um, next year, uh, I'm not sure. I think we're in the current situation for... Uh, a wee bit longer, Um, so people are going to have to be steadfast. Um, Hopefully it's not going to worsen. Uh, There are other contributing factors, what's going on in Europe, what's going on in the States, uh, which all affect um, the economy, which affects everybody. Um, Mm. But this year has been, uh, you know, uh, I was going to say amazing, but that sounds like, right. you know, it's been really good. But it has. but well, I'm not being, I'm not being negative. You know, who would have thought, you know, we, we've got a war. We didn't appreciate We've got a war in Europe.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. You know, just in the last couple of weeks, there's been an attempted coup in Germany. Now, Germany was one of, you know, the great strong countries of Europe. And it, it is just very, very strange. Um, and obviously concerning that, that these things continue to happen
0: but I, I haven't read about this story in, in, in Germany, I, I, as soon as we end this call I'm going to have to go go and google this because it, it was a, some sort of military coup it, it was
1: a, a coup a like... led by a minor prince, um, it was the end of last week um, and it was, uh, they were going to create this, replicate replicate the Second Reich, not the Third Reich, the Second Reich.
0: Uh, the Second Reich would probably be preferable to the third. <laughs> I think anything would be preferable to the I think we would the go there James, to anything, but
1: it's just <laughs> there to illustrate the there are things happening that hmm. we would never have envisaged.
0: Um, yeah, definitely. Mean, I mean, I think that the war in Ukraine is the thing that's thrown everyone out. I mean, I have a degree in sort of American foreign policy and Russian relations in the Cold War I didn't see this coming I don't think many experts thought I thought he was just doing military exercises on the border to flex his muscles but of course this has now had huge knock on effects for the cost of living crisis and fuel caps and it's come at the worst possible time just as we're coming out of a, a pandemic and of course there's there's Brexit as well which has caused instability in the UK so but there was some good news or some better news yesterday better economic news and that they're hopeful now aren't they that the recession will be um shallower and not as prolonged as 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 one's feared so um you know hopefully all this doom and gloom will soon pass and uh, you know mostly be not a figment of the media's imagination but you know maybe if the media exaggerated it and uh, we can start looking forward more positively um, and that brings me on to my final question of the year, Mark. It is Christmas, and as you can tell, I'm wearing a, a horrible Christmas jumper, which um, I wasn't going to draw attention to. But um, anyway, I have now, so it's too late. Um, yeah, with, with, with Christmas coming up, I wanted to know what would be on your Christmas list for the property sector?
1: Um, stability. Um an increase in supply, but we've talked about how that can happen. I think we've got, if we have a stabilisation of the base rate and interest rates, um, that will be good, whether it's for homeowners or for landlords. Um, And I think we want to see a a government that is actually able to govern, able to make things happen. um, And things like the Renters Reform Bill will become reality uh, in whatever shape. Um, So I think it's, can we have a steadier ship uh next year with fewer surprises um mm. but we get that from next year we'll be in the lead up to the next general election. The next general election has to happen in the next twenty four months mm. That's not a long time in politics
0: no it's it's gone quickly, hasn't it since the last election? So much happens I mean, yeah. At least the pandemic seems to be in the rearview mirror, mirror, hopefully, and we're not going to get any nasty variants. But but let's hope that we're talking in a year's time about what's been a really good year, um, and a calm year, and uh, we can all have a happy Christmas and look forward with optimism.
1: I very much hope so.
0: Excellent. Uh, Happy Christmas, Mark. And you, James. And to everyone out there, happy Christmas as well, and and thanks for listening. And we'll uh, see you again in the new year. Bye.